So you are saved and filled with the Holy Ghost, and you are anti-Israel. Guess where your destiny is going? <laughs> You're listening to the news media, and then you buy into that thing. <clears throat> it's not just going to the dumps. <laughs> That's when they go to the book and scratch your name off. So that's why this year, part of your growing spiritually is that you're going to keep your face in that Bible. You need to read the word until it becomes a part of your thought life. It shapes who you are. Man shall not live by bread alone. Hallelujah. But by? Mm -hmm. So that's how you live. That's, live is not breathing. Now live is functioning by the power of God on earth. Living victoriously by the Spirit of God. It says it's the Word of God that feels that. Without the Word of God in your spirit, you're just a regular man. And you can fight back. When Satan confronted Jesus, he didn't say, well, Satan, you know I'm the son of God. I created you. He said, it is written. Amen. He invoked the power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How can I be doing anything different? Ooh, glory to God. Thank God for the rain to testify. Glory to God. It is written. <laughs> and Satan had no argument. Because they all recognize it is written. It is you and I that think it's debatable. Amen. <laughs> I think it was Acho that sent me that video where this uh, Malawian, I think, Mal yeah, it's a bishop, Catholic bishop from Malawi that lambasted the Vatican over the gay marriage thing. But he did it so classily. He said, we're not idiots. We can comprehend what this is. What did the Vatican tell them to do? He says, now, bless them as individuals and then send them on. So that's the back door to marry them without saying that you are marrying them. But heaven and earth shall pass away. <laughs> You see, if you will believe that, the heaven and earth shall pass away, but God's word will not pass away. So when you read, my God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory, then you believe it. Amen. Not to read it and you say, act like you didn't say that. It is written. Amen. Otherwise, you won't grow spiritually this year. So I've asked them to print out the Bible reading plan. I know they have all of these ones, but let's all use one and read it. Amen. And every Sunday I ask you, did you read your portion this week? Yeah. Even if you have to stay up all night on Saturday before you come to church Sunday, read it. Amen. When I was reading my word, when Satan saw that my trajectory would end here, he started messing with me. Well, you're not getting anything. So why do you keep reading it? 
I said, don't worry. My spirit is hearing it, even though my mind is not catching up. And I'll be struggling to read my Bible. I want to go play ping pong. Sometimes you're struggling. This was, you know, around high school, you know, time. I was struggling. It's 10 in the morning. I still haven't read my thing, and I felt guilty, and, and I'll be struggling with it. But that's why I discovered that the way you win in this kingdom is just to keep going. Amen. You're struggling, but keep going. You, you, all of a sudden, boom, you break through. And all of a sudden, I can't get enough of it. And I would just read and read, and, and then stuff is just exploding everywhere. That's why when I'm preaching, I can't go anywhere. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. If you're, even if you believe you're called to the ministry to change the world, if this word is not in you, you won't change nothing. All right, so that's the first thing. Oh, then let me show you what's happening by all these new Bibles. When they don't understand something, instead of saying, I don't understand it, that's one of the things I respected about Billy Graham. He was preaching his doctrine about, you know, the Baptist doctrine of the Holy Spirit. And then I kept reading his book when I was in India, and reading it, trying to understand their arguments. And then when he got to Acts 19, and Paul, he said he met some believers. He said, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? They said, we've never, you know, we have not so much heard of the Holy Ghost, let alone receiving him. He said, then on to what baptism were you baptized? They said, the baptism of John. He said, well, come on here. He baptized them in the name of Jesus. And then he lays hands on them, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost. And spoke with other tongues. And prophesied. He said, the number was about 19. He said, frankly, I don't understand this scripture. I said, hey, you're telling the truth. <laughs> <laughs> because everything you have said thus far broke down right there. I respect that. Say, I don't understand. Look at what N N N New Living Translation did. Okay, now put it up. When the Most High assigned lands to the nations, when he divided up the human race, he established the boundaries of the peoples according to the number in his heavenly court. Now, to show you how absurd it is, when you read verse 9, you see that this makes absolutely no sense. Verse 9, let me read the King James to you. For the Lord's portion is his people. Hmm? Jacob is the place of his inheritance. He, they said, for the people of Israel belong to the Lord. Jacob is his special possession. Then how do you get there when you said it was according to the heavenly court? You see what people are reading, but because they don't know the scriptures. <laughs> I told you I was with a friend, you know, wonderful man of God, just precious. And he said something. I said, man, that's not the Bible. He said, no, that's the Bible. I said, man, that's not the Bible. That's the new Bible you are reading. He said, okay, what does King James say? I showed him. He said, my God. I'm going back to King James. <laughs> Look at this. He did it according to his heavenly court. And then you come back and say, for the people of Israel belong to the Lord. Jacob is a special possession. What's the connection then? And we'll buzz them out. 
Even verse 10, guess what? He found him in a desert land and in the wasteland, a howling wilderness. He encircled him. He instructed him. He kept him as the apple of his eye. He's telling you plainly he's talking about Israel. But because you don't like it, you reinterpret it as it fits you. And then people are reading it and say it's the Bible. And then you quote it and God doesn't respond. He said, Lord, according to your word, you said... And he'll be sitting there and say, I didn't say that. <laughs> Is this your new brothers and sisters that translated this thing? He's telling you what they said I said, but that's not what I said. <laughs> because King James was translated first, the circumstance was not uh, too hot. Because the king had this troublesome wife. So he felt, I can't, I'm, a, I'm the king. I can't keep doing this with this woman. But then the pope said he could not get a divorce. So he got a divorce and left the Catholic Church and founded a Protestant, his Protestant, Protestant. Okay, well, we'd be hungry. Okay. <laughs> The Anglican Church, Church of England. All right. So, and one of the things he always had an issue about was that only the priests read the Bible. And they would not allow the other people to know what's in the scriptures. So they would remain the only oracle of God and then keep the people ignorant. So he commissioned people to translate the Bible so everybody can read for themselves and see what God said. So it was translated without any political agenda, any other agenda except that the people will know what God said. That's why it's accurate. These ones that are coming, they have an agenda. So now because if I said that he did that according to Israel, no, we can't put that in there because that would make Israel prideful and be doing oppressing the Palestinians and doing as they please. So do it according to the heavenly court. It doesn't matter that the, the, the original manuscript didn't say that. Amen. Anyway, enough of that. Say amen. amen. Last night we started our journey on studying the the grace of God. The grace of God. Everything that will happen in your life will happen by God's grace. And we were looking at, we promised that we will look at all the ways that grace comes. But early this morning, around 4 a.m., I had an encounter with God. And he instructed me to share with you what changed my life. What caused me to purpose to seek God alone and to stop chasing my own stuff? These are familiar scriptures you have read and you know, but you just read it and ignored them. And I will read it to you again before we pray because this is where everything is centered, or at least everything is centered that's making this church work or producing all the miracles you see. 
Hallelujah. He said to me, if you want to grow spiritually, exponentially, then first things first. What is first to me should then should become your priority. Not what is first to you. But what is first to him. Yes. So that's why I said you've read the scriptures and ignored them. But that's what I read. And I didn't go any further. And didn't change anything till today. Look at it. Matthew 6 verse 24. No man can serve two masters. I dare say that everybody in this room is serving two masters until you make a change. All right? In America, master doesn't even exist. You know, master. Somebody that has. Uh, that doesn't even exist. Let alone talking about <laughs> two of them. <laughs> For most people, they're serving one master themselves. Yes. Amen. Yes. Amen. But Jesus says, no man can serve two masters. So, in America, we have three masters. Self, money, and then God. But the problem is that God doesn't share space. So the master decides what you think. The master decides what you say. The master decides where you live. The master decides everything. Otherwise, he is not a master. These are the things that transformed me. He said, you can't do this. You either have to marry me or leave me. I said, wow. Then he said something to me. He said, look, I said, if any man will come after me. He said, let him deny himself. Then he said, do you know that most people in the kingdom on the earth today Said they got saved, so they won't go to hell. But they never made a decision to follow me. Or they've come for what they want me to give them, but they haven't made a decision to follow me. He said, if any man will come after me, he said, you need to look me over, think me over, and then choose me. So many times when I'm under the anointing, I keep talking about him dazzling you. He cannot dazzle you except you focus on him. Amen. <laughs> and you start discovering how he's working with you. And simple things just give you miracles. Hmm? You're perplexed with things, but you're following him. He whispers something to you. You're looking for your key. You don't worry about the queen of heaven. 
He said, now it's in this pocket. Amen. <laughs> I mean, he dazzles you. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you have an hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. He said, no, man. He said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take off his cross, and follow me. I'll start calling the shots for you. Start calling the shots for you. That's how you enter the supernatural realm. Amen. Otherwise, you can't, no matter how much you fast and pray. You can't enter into it. It's the same thing I, I tell the people that come here. I said, listen, this podium was given to me by God, and only my sons and daughters can thrive in it. If you are not submitted to me, once you come here, everything fizzles. The testimony is clear. If you get on this podium and God doesn't anoint you, he's telling everybody, you are not under me. This is a rebellious spirit standing there. That's what the issue is. If you submit to me, he will crown you because it's mine. If you don't submit to me, one day something will happen and you'll be off of it. And I will have nothing to do with it. This is the kingdom of God. You want to grow exponentially, spiritually? Learn these things. You know who is who. You know who is who. God is telling you, if you're paying attention, he's showing you everything. That's why the sons of Sceva went to say, come out in the name of Jesus, that Paul preacher. Okay, come here. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is how I received what I'm operating in. And except you submit to it, it won't work. We've had things, you know, in a ministry group that I will not bring here, but I was telling one of my ministers, I said, well, you have a conflict with me. He said, you, you desire your own ministry. And then one day I told him, now he's gone. You don't trouble me anymore. Amen. You notice, my ministers, Amen. when I'm praying, God will bring their closets to me. Amen. I check all of them out in the presence of God. And when I scan you and there's trouble, then I know who you are. I know what it is. Amen. And then I'll be telling them. Sometimes I'll tell somebody, your altar is not clean. Because I checked you out, Amen. and this is the read I got. Amen. That's a realm. Yes. It only belongs to sons of God. Amen. <laughs> when I told the minister that he, he desires his own ministry and he's conflicting with me, he said, well, I don't, you know, you're my apostle, this and that. I said, <laughs> I said okay. And I left the meeting, and I, I went back to the office, and... Uh, I said, Lord, did you hear what he said? <laughs> he said, listen. He started telling me, one, two, three. Oh, so I came back to the meeting. I said, when I left you, God said, one, two, three. <laughs> so then he got quiet. Then eventually, I don't know what he did, but what I know is we were in glory fall. I woke up that morning, and that thing was gone. <laughs> I told him, hey, you're free and clear. Now I know you're with me, so whatever you fixed is fixed. 
That's the realm of glory. That's what Jesus brings you into. Hallelujah. He looked at the disciples and said, listen now, I chose 12 of you, but one of you is the devil. (laughs) And amazingly, he kept it to himself and never told the disciples who he was. That's why I don't tell you a lot of things until it becomes public. Amen. I act like I don't know what's going on. People running their mouth under the closet, destroying people's lives. I just laugh. Because as I'm praying, everything is shown me. So it doesn't matter. Even if I hug me and say, hey, apostle, I just keep going. I wave at you and keep going. Because you're not fooling me. I live in the realm of glory. When you fall down before God, once you bow down to him, everything bows down to you. There's nothing I don't know. I just act like I don't until it's time. Watch now. Jesus will dazzle you when you focus on him. Remember, I was with my leaders, and God said, I only told you one thing to do. Nothing else in this kingdom. He said, looking unto Jesus. I didn't tell you to look at your problems. I didn't tell you to look at your mountains. I didn't tell you to look at the white man. I didn't tell you to look at racism. I didn't tell you to look at the news. I said, looking unto Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He needs to get big. (laughs) Glory. He will dazzle you. That's what happens to me. Sometimes I'm so dazzled. I'm amazed. That you can work out such a you know, massive problem so simply. Beloved, did you hear the word of the Lord? The realm that belongs to the sons of God. I was listening to this segment and that one word hit me like a ton of bricks, like you all say. So let Jesus dazzle you. Wow. And I was talking about probing closets or altars and, you know, seeing what's going on. Yes, Paul said it clearly. He said, even though I'm not there, but I'm with you in the spirit, join and beholding your order. I can see what's going on with you. That's scriptural. I'm not making these things up. It's the apostolic realm. It's the glory realm. But I'm focusing on looking unto Jesus. He said, you are not told to look at your problems. You are not told to look at the mountain. You are not told to look at whoever is doing what. You are told to look unto Jesus until he fills your windshield, until he fills your life, until he fills you with hope, until he fills you with healing, deliverance. You look unto him. You cry to him. You pray to him. You worship him. You focus on him. He will drown out every enemy. Hallelujah. Think about it. I'm telling you what I'm doing. If everybody comes to me for counseling, who will I go to for counseling? You keep looking to him and the realms will open up to you. And he will answer a million questions in one second. One move of God. One flow of glory. The anointing. Boom. He resolves so much. 
how many times have I been feeling down or bound or, you know, discouraged or whatever? I keep looking. Oh, suddenly, I could have talked to somebody 30 minutes before. And within the hour, everything has changed. Looking unto Jesus. He's the author and the finisher of your faith. As I've said before, don't take it as the beginning and the ending. He said that this faith is a faith that he won with. And it was given to you. So this faith, the measure that was given to you, has already prevailed over Satan, over hell, over the grave, and triumphed. So you will know it will produce the same result in your life. This segment you just watched is from one of our prayer meetings that they're airing. I pray that he blesses you. He helps you connect with your own church, your own pastor, your own altar. And stay in line for your destiny to work out. Because that's the way God has arranged his kingdom. Run from people that call God's house a building. You're giving your tithes to a building. You're giving your money to a building. These are Satanists, eh? children of the devil in the kingdom of God. And they walk around and stomping around, but because God is merciful and patient, there's no immediate judgment. They're hustlers chasing money. They don't care where they get it from. They're playing the club today and playing church tomorrow. <laughs> the day of reckoning is coming. It's a terrible thing, beloved. Make sure your name is in the Lamb's book of life. If God is chastising you, celebrate. It means you still belong to him. If he leaves you to run free and there's no consequence, then you need to worry. Hallelujah. Looking unto Jesus. Come and learn tonight a Bible study. We fellowship with him. We celebrate him. He teaches us and shows us the way to go. The kingdom belongs to us. Jesus said to us, it is my father's will, my father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Amen. And the kingdom of God will rule on this earth, not just within our hearts and our lives, but even in the politics, in the nations. And the revival coming is the demonstration to the nations that Jesus Christ is Lord by the glory of the Father. That's what we're getting ready for. Are you ready? Join this winning team. Become a partner of resurrection. That's what God is getting ready to do through this ministry throughout the nations. Get in on the ground floor. Build a foundation with us. We're going to make it by the grace of God. God bless you. Receive grace. Come on. Hallelujah. I just felt a connection. Put your hands on mine. Receive in Jesus' name. And let the flow of the Holy Spirit touch you now. Amen. And amen. Ooh, glory to God. That's a powerful release. Amen. I got to go, but I feel stirred up. See you tomorrow. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Bye-bye.